Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Toro Cigar Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Glover. Stay tuned today. You're not going to want to miss this show, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about cigar myths. We'll be right back. In a world desperate to separate us by our differences, there's still a place where you can go where all are welcome. The Cigar Lounge. Welcome to the Toro Cigar Lounge Podcast. All right, and we are back. I'm your host, Mike Lover, a.k.a. 757 Cigar Mike. Find me on Instagram. Today we're talking about more cigar mess. We've done a previous episode. This is kind of a continuation of that. We may cover some previous ground and some new ground. But stay tuned. This is going to be a great show. Let's start off with introductions. I'll go all the way to my far left, your far right. Hey, I'm Jake, a.k.a. Bearded Cigar Lover on Instagram. If you give me a follow, give all these guys a follow as well. I'm Robin Feathers, co-owner of FA Amplification and Featherly Guitars, and I still don't have an Instagram account, uh, but you can follow me on YouTube or on Facebook, rather. How are we ever going to have you on an Instagram Live if you don't get Instagram? You have a YouTube, though, right? I do have. Well, I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. okay. So if we go if we go live on YouTube, we can uh, we can pull you in on that probably. What's the What's the YouTube handle? Um, I've got one for FA amplification, but I don't really have anything uploaded on it yet. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm Ken. You can follow me at Ken Blue Smoke on Instagram if you'd like. And we, I am smoking the uh, Frecky, the the older the the old. Well, shoot, they didn't reblend this one, did they? No, just the older band. I got just the, the old band. band on this one, and you can see some of a selection of their products up front. They are the sponsor for this podcast. And um, they they put out um, great stuff. What what do we got up there? <laughs> that up there? that is the Hattie. The Hattie. The Hattie is up there. And um, if you want to check that out, you can you can find it at our uh, at Toro Cigar Company, or you can go to their website to get some of like their cool hat and their cool ashtray. And they also make a pipe that fits their cigars perfectly. And uh, if you can make that look cool, send us a picture because I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> and I will say this. I'm going to give you guys a shameless plug. That is the number two most popular cigar on Toro Cigar. Toro cigar. Number three. Number three. I'm sorry. Number three most popular cigar. We got some, we got some bangers, and that's one of them. That's definitely one of them. The Hattie is the Connecticut. Uh, from Family by Loyalty, and it is hands down my favorite Connecticut because of the transitions, the flavor transitions. The first third, second third, and final third all have very complex flavor note transitions, and that is very rare in a Connecticut, as anybody up here will attest. Right. The that cool is- thing that they do is they put they put what you should expect to be tasting right on the box. You open the lid, it tells you all about the cigar, what the transitions are, what flavor notes you should be expecting. It, it's great. It is. They, and we love Family by Loyalty. Alan, thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. We love you guys. And uh, if you haven't tried them, try Family by Loyalty. All right, Cigar Miss. All right, I want to start this one because I think that everyone's going to disagree with me. The one thing I don't like when I go into a cigar store is someone says, uh, th- this is a Nicaraguan Puro. To me, that doesn't say anything. There is a boatload of... Of, of different tobaccos that are grown in Nicaragua. I don't know what Nicaraguan tobacco tastes like because what is it? Is it a Corojo 98? 
You know, I mean, it could be filled with lots of different tobaccos. That doesn't really give me any information. I find that to be a myth. That, that you can say the name of the country and give someone information about how that cigar is supposed to taste. Well, uh, so I, I understand your point because more and more manufacturers are going to, here's the wrapper, a San Andreas wrapper with a Dominican uh, binder and filler or a, uh, okay. you know, something like that. So I, I understand that, but I think the majority of the flavor comes from the wrapper. So... I think if you know the wrapper, you can get a good idea of the flavor. Can't confirm that. Um, I've heard from several people in the industry that uh, the wrapper is between anywhere between 60 and 90% of the taste of the cigar. Uh, so if you have a darker wrapper, typically it's going to be a, it's, you're, you're going to get more of the flavor from the wrapper than, than anything else. Um, in regards to what you're talking about from uh, different locations, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, if you compare one particular type of tobacco grown in different locations, typically your San Andreas, your uh, Nicaragua is going to be a little bit bolder than uh, something, say, grown in Nicaragua or uh, Dominican, Dominican Republic, yeah, rather. Dominican, okay. uh, and that is because of the soil itself. San Andreas is volcanic country, and you get that volcanic ash in there. And it will tend to, to darken things up and give them a little and bit it more changes the, Yeah, it changes the pH and yeah. the minerals that are going into the plant. So if you take like San Andreas grown in Nicaragua and San Andreas that it's grown in the DR, they're not, they're not the same. Right. Right, because of you have different minerals and pH and all that kind of stuff in the soil. But if you're talking a Puro, that means it's a complete Nicaraguan cigar, wrapper, right. binder, filler. That should tell you something based on that region of what to expect out of that cigar. Like if I handed you a Dominican Puro and a Nicaraguan Puro, let's just for argumentative sake say they're both Habanos, mm -hmm. one of those is going to taste stronger than the, and one of those should be smoother mm -hmm. based on those regions. So there is some truth to knowing where that tobacco came from based on what the strength is going to be a lot of times it's a strength issue mm -hmm. um and not necessarily i'm not talking when i'm saying strength i'm not talking the tasting notes of strength i'm talking just the overall strength of the cigar you're going to notice those differences but based on that one piece of information gives you some info of what it is that tends to be useful for like the very sophisticated cigar smoker. I, I would say it's an it's an indicator, but not necessarily all inclusive. Okay, so right because the so here's it's the a thing. pseudo myth. Yep. You can get Connecticut broadleaf, and you think as, as as someone who doesn't know much about this that oh Connecticut, I know where Connecticut is. It's not necessarily <laughs> grown in Connecticut. Right, you can grow Connecticut broadleaf. That's a yep. that's a tobacco variety. You can grow it anywhere. Right, and well, depending on where you grow it, it's going to have different strengths, different tasting notes, different you know um, elements of that tobacco. And so that's the thing is knowing that it should give you some idea, but it's not a catch-all. Because the other side is, is and Robin will correct me if I'm wrong. He can even backhand me. I'd let him get away with it. <laughs> um, a lot of these guys, like in Nicaragua, will actually order tobacco from other countries and bring it into Nicaragua so that you may have a Nicaraguan wrapper and a Dominican binder, and that just means they brought the tobacco in 
from yeah. that other region. Right. And but that doesn't but it's still a Nicaraguan cigar because it was rolled in Nicaragua. So understanding tobacco and the nuances of tobacco is a is honestly kind of the coolest part of the cigar industry to me because it's a never ending journey, right? Things change, there's always something new to learn. And you'll start noticing if you pay attention to it, you'll start noticing that you gravitate to one region more than another. Like me personally, I prefer Dominican cigars hmm. over Nicaraguan cigars more times than not. Now there's a there's a couple of com- companies out there that are Nicaraguan that I really like, but if you talk to someone like Steve Saka, he's going to tell you he prefers Nicaraguan cigars. But that might have to do with the profit margin on that. <laughs> well, a lot of it deals with a lot of guys will tell you it deals with what they what is, what is the taste the tasty notes they get and the strength of the cigar and what it is. And me, I'm a wimp, guys. I like medium-bodied, full-flavored Habanos. That's my cigar of choice. Well, one thing about this particular myth is if you go to a cigar lounge, there's two things that can happen. You can run into the guy who knows everything under the sun about cigars and have the most interesting conversation you've had in your life, or it could be the most boring conversation that you've ever had in your life. (laughs) Yeah, But, I mean, like I said, I think that myth is pseudo-busted. Like, there's some truth to it, but it's not black and white. Right. You know, you can't – that is a very gray zone, you know. And, and honestly, one of the cool things we should actually do on this show sometime is we should each get a Nicaraguan cigar and a Dominican cigar with, rap, you know, growing in that country, wrapper, binder, filler, and notice the differences. I think that would be a cool experiment to see how we all take it. Okay. I did that. Yep. You know, get a couple of Robustos so we can get two in on a show. Yep. Yep. What's another myth? Jake, got any myths? Man, my number one is the one that I, the trap I fell into when I started cigars. I think it's a trap that a lot of people get into is price dictates quality. Oh, good one. And that's something, you know, and, and, and unfortunately in this country, I think that's kind of what we we're used to, right? Right? Like, get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, price dictates quality. Mm-hmm. But in the cigar industry, I would say that is a myth that is no, that couldn't be further from the truth, you know? I mean, there's there's cigars out there right now in your humidor that I would put up against thirty, forty, and fifty dollars cigars that cost ten dollars, and people wouldn't believe it. Right. Something to think about with the with the more expensive cigars is look at the packaging on it. Specifically, look at the box, look at the labels, the the uh, the labels on the cigars. If they're really really fancy, you know, they spent a whole lot of money on that, so you're not paying as much for the cigar itself. You're actually paying more for the wrapper or right. more for the for the well, the packaging yeah. or advertising. And who, right. who are the are, people? Are, are they are, paying for a cigar aficionado full page yep, ads? Yep, yep. Well, guess what? You're paying. They're not paying for that, buddy. <laughs> you're paying. You're for paying it. for it. You know, and there's a there's a there's a, a cigar we're actually talking about uh, previous to the show, and I'm not going to say what the cigar is, but it was a small c- cigar. They ran a limited run. Uh, they came out. Th- it, was a, it was a good cigar, and it should have been about a ten or eleven dollar stick. And by the time they were done with cigar shape, because the shape of the cigar can dictate price. Some shapes are harder to roll. They're more labor intensive, right? By the time they got done with cigar shape band and box, that ten or eleven dollar cigar was a seventeen dollar cigar. Yep. And, you know, that's the stuff you got to watch out for. You know, I honestly like the companies that do minimalist boxes or minimalist bundles. Like, my favorite packaging 
some of my some of my favorite packaging in the industry is stolen throne. And why is that? It's simple. It you, is simple. you know it's that paper, you, it's a paper it's, bundle. It's a it's a paper yeah. bundle with a nice piece of paper and a cool wax seal. It stands out, especially in an industry where everything's flashy and big, right? Right. It stands out by being minimal, but you also know that what you're paying for is not packaging. Right. You're paying for the cigar. Correct. And I think that's a big thing. You know, you get big fancy packaging. That's cool. It's catchy in a lot in a shop, mm-hmm. but you're still paying for that big fancy packaging. There, yeah. There's a there's a time and a place for that too because I mean, if if you if you got like an amazing box, you can make a, a badass guitar out of it. <laughs> an example of that is, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the company. I love the company, but Camacho spends a lot of money on their boxes. Look at their boxes; they're always you know really they got velvet inlaid glass, individual the cigar thick lines, thick glass polyurethane finish on the box, yeah. and they're beautiful and they're polished and everything like that. But you know. If if you spent a little bit less money on the packaging, you might be able to get the guitar or cigars. Sorry, the guitar, the cigar, a little bit less <laughs> expensively. That was your fault. Yeah, you know, and like one of the other packages, <laughs> one of the other packages that I just love is Hooten Young's Gothic Serpent. Oh man, oh, yeah. that is a simple wooden box, super elegant, gorgeous. Tells the story it needs to tell, but it's not insane right i don't right? want people to think that there's any though i personally don't have anything against a gorgeous freaking box hmm. right that's part of the lore it is right but again though cigar price does not dictate mm-hmm. quality there's a there's there's actually a cigar out there and i'm not going to throw the stone and start the fight that is a 50 dollars plus cigar everywhere you go and it is the worst cigar I have ever smoked. I will never buy one again. I was pissed off within the first third. And by the last of the cigar, I was ready to flip fucking tables. <laughs> is it a Partagas? It is not a Partagas. <laughs> Should I name it or not, Mike? Sure. By all means. Atabay. Atabay cigars are not worth the money. That, in your opinion. In my in opinion. Your opinion there are in my humble like Viking bearded opinion. <laughs> right. I would not storm that castle for and, those cigars. But there are plenty of people out there that pay that $50 for that cigar, and, and absolutely it's their favorite cigar. Especially if you got, like, say, you know, if you, like, like, like we, we, might, we mentioned Michael Jordan occasionally on the show, but the man smokes a 50 to 100 or 200, I mean, depending on when you're talking about it. If you want to participate in something that Michael Jordan participates in and you spend that money, you might hate the cigar, but you, you get to participate in the same thing, you know? Right. It's a luxury item. There's, there's it ain't a, cheap. There's one that we, well, we, I used to work at Emerson's. There's one that they carry over there that uh, every year they bring it out around the holidays. <clears throat> and I've seen the price of this, this cigar go up over time because the box on the thing is just immaculate. It's gorgeous, but... Let's be honest. I, again, I'm not a big Cohiba guy. I'm not knocking him or anything like that. But the Cohiba Spectre, that thing was started out when I first started working there at 90 bucks, and now they're like this, 130. Yeah, they're 130 or something like that. And that box is just—it's crazy. It's gorgeous. But I mean, it—you well, push a button on the front and it cigars. Yeah, come up the out top. Of the you push a button. If you guys don't know, it's got actually mechanics in the box. Yeah. Each cigar is in its own tube. Mm-hmm. You push a button, the top automatically folds up. And the cigars raise up so wow. you can pull the tubes out. That's awesome. But here's the catch. How much was that box? Yeah. is That, that box didn't make that cigar any better. Right. But, but it's you're a, not throwing it out at the end of the day. When you're done with those cigars. Yeah, you're, you're saving that box. Yeah, right. But here's the catch, though. 
as from a marketing standpoint, presentation's everything. Yeah. They've got presentation, and so because got, of their yeah. presentation, they're getting that higher dollar. Yeah. And that's no slight to them, right? That cigar didn't cost them any more to roll than any of their other cigars. They just convinced you through presentation mm -hmm. and proper placement that that cigar has a higher value. Yeah. And that's the problem with the myth. Just because it costs you $130 does not mean it is 13 times better than a $10 cigar. A fancy package does not a good cigar make. Right. No, but... A good packaging system will almost always ensure good shelf space. Mike, I can tell you right now, I can take a Sharpie marker, write it on the top of any cigar box in any shop and sell them out in the day. I can write one word on that box with a Sharpie marker and every guy walking into that shop will stop and look. Sale? Titties. <laughs> <laughs> right? With a Sharpie marker, I can move a cigar. <clears throat> because you're going to walk in and every guy in the country is going to see that word and be like, what cigar is that? Fancy packaging? No. Sharpie marker. <laughs> okay? So. <laughs> I don't think that's a myth, though. That's not a myth. Though. That, <laughs> no. that is not a myth. Let's that's move a on fact. To a different one before we beat this horse to death. Okay. Let's move on to a, a different myth. Anybody got a, one they want to talk about? I got, I got one. I'm not sure if it's a myth or not. Maybe we can get some comments on this one, but like. We, we, we talked about this one also, like Bill Clinton. <clears throat> Everybody knows where this is going. So Bill Clinton had found a different use for a cigar uh, to entertain himself. And um, <laughs> I, I think I have to wonder if that's really even possible to do what the myth is. Which I haven't is, heard you know, this. Monica myth. put it in her schnitzel hopper. And, <laughs> and you know, it, Maybe it's a myth, maybe it's not, but it's definitely a, a, a funny idea for sure. Well, I think I think that is going to go <clears throat> along the lines with um, flavored cigars. Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. A, a sweet what? tip. Woo, <laughs> 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 boy, this is dangerous ground we're on here. I'm keeping my mouth shut so we no, don't get a triple X rated on this one. I think that depending on the receptacle. Uh, that the um, cigar is inserted into in, in its level of moisture <laughs> content, um, <laughs> you run the risk of uh, ruining it of of affecting the cigar integrity. It's like dipping a cigar in a into alcohol, whether it's bourbon or tequila, like Arnold does, or anything <laughs> like that. You run the risk of affecting the the natural the glue integrity the structural of the integrity of the cigar so well andrew and the bigger one there is i'm a, i'd almost say that a lot of that to me is disrespectful because you know the cigars are intended to be smoked a certain way they were designed to be smoked a certain way a lot of work went into be smoked a certain way are they, you are you really you know smoking and enjoying that cigar the way it was intended no mm -hmm. but it's your money and you can do what you want with it and you can do what the exactly hell you, want. you bought it that cigar do what you want man I've heard that there's places overseas where they do like ping pong balls and um, they will use a cigarette in a different, in a similar manner. And that's part of the show. Let's just move on to the next. Uh, I was going to say this yeah. conversation's kind Woo, of. Woo, this conversation. Yeah. Ken? Yeah. Uh, leave the port down for a little bit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Robin, give us your number one myth that you dealt with in the cigar when you worked in cigar shops. Oh, shoot. Uh, I had one in mine a couple minutes You were ago, talking about Cubans, I think. Oh, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the one that I used to hear all the time about Cubans, Cuban cigars, genuine Cubans being rolled on the thighs of virgins. There you go. 
This was that was that was a part of our our our, our first um, uh, myth, myths, yeah, myth show. But I mean, it's clearly not true. But there's tons of myths about Cuban cigars. They're the yeah. most mythic cigars out there. I would say. Well, but and I think yeah. the reason is, especially in this country, is because they're unattainable. They're for the most part unattainable. Correct. And or they're very hard to obtain. So because you can't get them, they create an air of mystique. Mystique. Yeah. And so there's all these crazy rumors about them. And the reality is. I would say 99.9% of them are untrue. Yeah. Well, I, I touched on that in an earlier podcast where uh, I was talking about how some people just think Cubans are the best cigars in the world, and that is just not true. The Cuban tobacco that made those cigars great is long gone, right. um, and they, they just don't take care of the soil in Cuba anymore, and so they're really struggling to, to keep up with the quality and uh, the um, – you know, the specialness of, of that, yeah. yeah. Now I will say this: there's a couple cigar, and they're mostly boutique, and maybe some of the big guys doing. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to anything the big guys do. Let me just be clear, right? I, I, I pay attention to the boutique world, and there's uh, one of my favorite boutique brands. Actually, uh, his um, grandfather and great grandfather started, and there are two Cuban immigrants to the DR, and they brought tobacco seed from Cuba to the DR. And plant it, and they have 400 acres, and it was all, and it all started with Cuban seed, mm-hmm. and that's not as uncommon in the in a lot of these industries, you know, and uh, that they that they started with Cuban seed, tobacco seed, right. and they've cultured it, and it's changed, and some of it's still not changed. Some of them go to like this one company goes to painstaking efforts to grow it, part of their stuff that way. Uh, and a, a cigar that he's actually dedicated to his father, and it's GTO. It's Dr. O. Yep. They actually have one of their cigars is dedicated to his dad, and they're using seeds that they brought, that his grandparents brought over when they first went to the DR from Cuba in the purest form possible mm-hmm. of that line of tobacco. Not, I'm not saying that's all his blends. That mm-hmm. one blend is that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you'll find Cuban seed tobacco growing in Nicaragua, growing in Honduras, growing yeah. in the DR, growing in these other places, yep. and it came from Cuban seed. Yep. Now, if the the company that is growing this, the the head roller specifically, the, the head blender, if he really knows what he is doing, he could actually get the pH level. You were talking about yep. that, or pH level in the, in the soil to match what it was back in the day in Cuba, and they can actually grow some really, really good tobacco. Right. Yep. But you can't just, you know— <clears throat> Get these Cuban seeds and throw them in the in the dirt pile out in the back corner of the yard and expect it to grow up and be good. And be good Cuban yeah. tobacco. Yeah. Well, and like this one cigar that I'm talking about, it actually is a. You can still buy that version of the cigar. It's still being rolled in Cuba that his great grandfather blended. Mm-hmm. He also has his version of this of it now with Cuban seed that's cultivated the right way that they've done all the work on the soil to try to keep it as true as possible. Yeah. And so I think that's you know pretty cool that you can still do that. Mm-hmm. That that's still out there. But, you know, I'll, I'll say this, I, you know, and I've had, I've been blessed, you know, being in this industry as just a guy that smokes cigars and talks shit all day. Um, <laughs> That's your, true. European That's true. cigars don't taste like American cigars. They're, they're more targeted towards, you know, because Europeans can go to Cuba. So their cigars aren't as flavorful and full taste, you know, full flavor of the tasting notes and everything else. And you get even a European cigar or if you are blessed and you get a real cuban cigar and you're a avid cigar smoker here in the states you're going to smoke and be like wow where's 
where's all the stuff that I'm used to? Yeah. Where's the where's the, where's the flavor? Where's the transitions? They're very singular note. They're very light. And even their darker rappers are very light to our standards. And so, I mean, one of the things I think is a myth is that Cuban cigars are better than their counterparts. And I just don't think that's true anymore. No. no. You know? There's, there are better cigars coming <clears throat> out of the DR and Nicaragua than what you can get out of Cuba current currently out of yeah. cuba yeah if you if you enjoy the flavor of cigars the actual taking the the smoke into your mouth and enjoy the flavor of cigars cuba is not where you want to be i've had a couple europe of cuban, is not where you want i've to had be. a couple of recently made cuban cigars they've been aged five years something like that i don't know but they're very one-dimensional compared to some of the stuff you right. can get now right you know and a lot of that becomes even though this isn't a myth, we'll just get into a lesson real quick, I guess, is that they have the uh, Cuban Tobacco Association, which regulates all the cigars that come out of Cuba to get the, their stamp of approval. And they're about as effective as the U.S.'s FDA. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, I do have another myth that, uh, that we haven't ever touched, and that is that um you know cigars are on par with cigarettes and i i know that that's kind of y y your uh, myth that you want to bust but let me just say when you think about the cigar icons the the george burns the uh, churchill and um the castros these guys lived full, very full lives they were not healthy in 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 any respect of 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 their lifestyle and they smoked the heck out of cigars their entire lives, mm -hmm. and they lived to be 80, 90 years old. Or, you know, George Burns was 100, I think he was 101. I could be wrong about that. Right. I think he was at least 99. Yeah. So, you know, just as anecdotal evidence, the, some of the most famous cigar smokers lived very long lives. Yeah, and that's a great segue right into the next myth, which is cigars have just as many bad chemicals as cigarettes. And it's just not true. No, there's yeah. so many additives that they put in, cig in cigarettes to keep them to stay lit. Uh, and there's just... To, to up the and, addiction factor? And, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many chemicals and other stuff like that in cigars. And additionally, you're not inhaling the smoke. Cigarettes. 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 Right, cigarettes. Sorry, yeah, cigarettes. You're not inhaling the smoke. So right. well, it's not having that effect. Right, and the big reason well. is is the, 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 the cigar process. If you want to really understand what you're smoking, first of all, I want to say... <clears throat> I don't care if you go become a cigar aficionado. You want to go get the title crate. That's on you. It, 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 anymore, most of the guys don't even care, right? Um, but go take the International Cigar Society's cigar aficionado class, a couple hundred bucks, and get the education from it, right? Yeah. The education is the value. Forget the rest of it, right? Learn, you learn some cool stuff, right? Like how to cut and light a cigar for somebody else. You learn the different parts of the cigar plant. But the big thing that you learn is the process of cigars. And the big th reason that cigars and cigarettes are so vastly different is the fermentation process of the tobacco and the 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 drying the fermentation and the drying process is so much different the fermentation process actually gets rid of the ammonias and those chemicals that are in the plant and removes them so that you have a cigar that is no longer reading on the acidic level it's reading on a base level on a ph scale and they're not adding in the extra additives. I've never met a cigar smoker, and we've done this when we travel, right? You can't always have a cigar. Yep. We can go – I know guys, myself included, that will go two, three, four days without a cigar. And you're not jittery. You're not pissed off at the world. You're not wanting mm -hmm. to stomp somebody. I want you to find a, a real cigarette smoker smoking three, four, five cigarettes 
maybe a pack a day that can go four or five days and not go through withdrawal. Right. And it's, you know, so they're not even, you're not even talking the same thing. It's that, yeah, they both come from a plant called the tobacco plant, but that's where the similarity ends. That's where it stops. You know, I mean, there's a lot of those cigarette companies too, that actually add additives into the paper to help, help enhance the sensation. And that's another thing is what is a cigarette wrapped in? Right. Paper, paper, paper. With a cigar, Chemically it, is, it is all tobacco. So yep. there's nothing. There's no paper on the outside. You're not getting. The, you're not getting the yeah. uh, the the crappy filters that are you know chemical laden filters. Mm-hmm. It's just they're not the same thing. And it, and yeah. it's ignorance to even go down the road. You know where people go. Well, they're the same. You're an idiot. I'm not going to be nice. You're an idiot. Yeah. Well, even the the machine rolled cigars, which I, I have smoked, even the machine rolled cigars, the wrapper is made out of. A, a wrapper that's made from the yeah it's not a normal a single normal wrapper a machine rolled cigar still uses the same kind of wrapper it just uh, they just grind the tobacco up and put it on the inside right, right. and it's usually C and D grade tobacco yeah. and, and that's your and if, for, for people that want to try to figure out what a machine rolled cigar is that's the, that's your gas station cigars right that's your Swisher Sweets your 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 Buck whatever they are Buckwoods or whatever right yeah. those are machine rolled cigars so where that tobacco comes from is when they roll a hand rolled cigar. They, they are taking a large leaf and they're cutting it down to size to make the, the shape and the size of the cigar that they want. Mm-hmm. All that extra stuff, they take that and they bunch it up and then they sell that to another company that makes machine-rolled cigars and that's where you get that tobacco right. from. And, right. and you know where the machine-rolled cigars came from? You know the, actually what started all that? Mm-hmm. J.C. Newman. Hmm. Oh, really? So J.C. Newman back, and I'm going to get the year wrong and someone's going to call me out on it. You they should. were they, they were one of the first companies that did it, mm-hmm. and they did it to create a nickel cigar back in the early 30s. Mm-hmm. And that was what they were doing. They were taking everything that was left, and they wanted to create a cigar for the working man yeah. and create the nickel cigar. There is another type of cigar you can get. It's called a mixed filler cigar. It's where the, the wrapper, the binder, and some of the filler is actually long, long leaf. Mm-hmm. And then they use some of the filler and the uh, the ground up stuff in the middle, and those are usually pretty decent cigars because they they take a little bit more time to work on those right. cigars. But yeah, that's but yeah, so it's those are still though the tobacco was still fermented. Again, it stopped at the plant, right? Right yeah. at when the plant grew, that's still a cigar. It went through the mm-hmm. aging process, went through the fermentation process. It's just. It's just cigar manufacturers and, and, and growers, tobacco growers' way to stretch their products. They're not throwing away tons of product every year. And I'll say this. If you want to bitch about a cigar smoker smoking a cigar and it being unhealthy, did you eat fast food this week? You <laughs> ate more chemicals in that fast food meal than you do when you smoke a cigar. So if you're eating fast food and bitching, you don't got a leg to stand on. There you go. Uh, I will also touch on another um, a myth that I've heard not well. Okay, give it to us. Cigars stink. (laughs) Cigars do not stink. Crap cigars, like your dime store cigars, they stink. Or your Kiki Momo. Yeah, they've got some really, really (laughs) awful. No, if you are smoking a quality cigar, it does not stink. My wife is not, she doesn't, can't be around people smoking cigarettes at all. Uh, but she can be around me when I'm smoking a cigar or smoking a pipe because the tobacco is it's actually better tobacco and it doesn't have that stink. Well, and it's not that it's not that the tobacco is uh, is necessarily better. It's that it doesn't have all the additives, preservatives, and everything else that create that chemically stink that c- yeah. cigarettes have. Now, speaking of which, uh, years ago, 
my my stepfather used to smoke cigars, and his the cigars he smoked were like the dime store cigars. Uh, right. Some of them were really bad. He went to uh, there was a, a county fair that he went to one time, and he there was a contest, and he won a cigar. And this cigar was monstrous. It was about ten inches long, <laughs> about an inch in diameter. It was just a huge cigar. And he lit that thing up, and my mom wanted to throw him and his ass out the <laughs> just just it had that really stink barnyard odor uh, yep. back in the day, apparently they used to put cow shit in cigars oh. to keep the cigars burning, and that's where that stink yep. thing came from <clears throat> well that that uh... Uh, the other thing I'll say, okay, cigar myth size dictates quality size I've heard that before, oh, you know, size dictates quality. And they dictate taste and everything else. And there's some truth to some variations there. But you have to understand, most cigars, and I, I can't wait because I know Robin has, is about <laughs> to jump in on me here. Most cigars are rolled. They used to be rolled and blended on a Robusto size. Yep. Now, in the last 10 years or so, that's changed because the American market likes a Toro size. Yep. So a lot of them are blending their cigars to a Toro size and then building their, their percentages off that. Yep. Um, but I've heard people before go, well, the bigger the cigar, the better it tastes. So Ken, how was that 10 by 100 you had a while back? <laughs> you know, I, I smoked that thing three different occasions. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I'm probably not going to go back to it. It was, it was, a, it was how an much event, of it did you sure. smoke? I mean, when you lit that thing up and you were smoking on it for about an hour and I think maybe about that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to light it off the barbecue. <laughs> well, Ken doesn't know it, but I've actually already asked Ish from Banff Cigars to get mm. Ken a special cigar. Nice. Ish makes, by request, the muffler. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it is a... I'm going to be wrong on the size, and I'm sure he might call me out on this. I want to say it's a 24 by 310. Holy crap. Oh, wow. That tapers down. And I want Ken to get one so he's holding a cigar like this <laughs> on the show. I promise we will make no jokes about phallic symbols and anything else uh, during that podcast. <clears throat> if you believe that, you got another thing coming. All right. I'm not keeping an eye on the clock. Where are we at? I think we're at the comment section. We're here. at the comment section. Ah, my favorite part. This is really my favorite part. So, um, we get good and bad comments we love your comments and feel free to add your your cigar myths comments to this uh we will see them we will take them uh and and do what we do with them but what we have here is a comment that says what's wrong with acid cigars what's the beef we were beaten up on acid cigars on a number of different podcasts. <laughs> but what the heck is wrong with acid cigars? Now, I can actually ask this question along with our, our commenter because I've never had an acid cigar. I know they look cool. They're in the front of every vape shop, you know. <laughs> so how acids are made is actually a uh, – it's – you got to have – you got to have certain credentials in order to get into the room where these are made. But basically, they're made with some sort of uh, sweetener and flavors. Flavors, and they don't even talk about what the flavors are. So you, I don't need. I don't know. I they're it's uh, they're infused. With, they're infused. Yeah. It's infused with the, something. The first mistake with an acid is the smell. When you light it, everybody in the lounge is going to know you're smoking a crappy ass cigar and we all are getting punished <laughs> while we're trying to have a conversation it's a kind of a funky sweet floral floral fruity. fruity like yeah. i was i remember one time i was in a lounge and somebody lit one and it was hilarious because there's a group of us all playing dominoes 
and some guy came in and lit one, and it smelled like grape Kool-Aid within 60 <laughs> seconds in that lounge. And so the first thing is that. The second thing is, because they're infused, you're adding chemicals in to get those, those crazy-ass flavors Flames. and stuff. So you're actually bringing more chemical into your body than you need to. And, you know, that's, that's mine. And then I think uh, Robin said it best at the beginning of the, uh, when we first were talking pre-show. And I'm going to let him tell you what's wrong with acid. So one of my buddies, uh, he won't – if he gets a, an acid as a gift, he usually – very polite about it, but it, the second the person walks away, he'll toss it in the trash. He says there's too many syllables in the name of the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> One too many syllables. And, 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 and I know another guy who, who we're, we know well, who is a the photographer for uh, Drew Estates, and I love him to death. He's a brother of mine. And he does all the filming and video and photography for them. And I know the one hardest month he has people to get to smoke cigars so he can film really, really amazing videos <laughs> is acid month. Hmm. But I will say this. Um, we're making fun of infused cigars, and I think there's a right and wrong place. There's actually one that I tried that wasn't that bad. And it was also a Drew Estate cigar. And it was their coffee-infused one where they just set the cigar in coffee grounds and let the coffee and natural oils infuse into the cigar. And it's called the... Uh-oh. Starts with a T. Can't remember. Tabak. Tabak. Yeah. And that's actually a very interesting cigar, yeah. but it's not infused like a lot of the other ones. It's They actually set it in the coffee and let the coffee just naturally, <coughs> the oils... You know, mingle. And you know, you that, there are. That, that's a good. That's a good cigar flavor. The, the, that coffee. Coffee flavor. and cigars go yep. great together. I absolutely, there love are a good coffee flavored cigar. I seek out the, the the few brands. Anytime I see in the humidor, you got a coffee flavored cigar. I'm going to try that. That there that are cigar. three primary coffee flavored cigars you can get. There's the um, Rocky Patel Java, which those are my guilty pleasure. I can't drink coffee anymore. I'm old age. I've got acid reflux. Coffee and I, I love coffee, but it doesn't love me. <laughs> so on a Sunday morning or whatever, if I get up early and I go out to have a cup of uh, tea on the back porch, uh, I'll have a, a Java cigar. I used to have those on opening up on Sundays in the store. There's those. Uh, there's the Tabak, which the Tabak is not as sweet as the ro ro uh, Rocky Patel. Uh, it does have a very... A very nice coffee flavor, but it's not as sweet as the the uh, Java. And then there's the Nub Cafes. Uh, the Nub Cafe actually, uh, that's a really good cigar. I love um, the Cafe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, no complaints about any one of them. But they're they're all slightly different. But, but you're not using funky flavoring yeah, to get there. Infused, Every yeah. one of those is infusing them by letting them sit yeah. with coffee. Right. And I think that's a very you know just an important distinction to make. Yeah. That, you know, not all infused cigars are the same. Not all flavored cigars are the same. And there's different types of infusion as well. I've heard that there's some that uh, they, where they actually spray down the plant with the flavors before they roll the cigars. There's right. another one where they just do that with leaves in the center of the cigar. Yep. Uh, if you get more of a sweet taste when you put it in your mouth for the first time, that's usually ones where they've, where they've treated the, the, the leaves itself. Um, with the ones where they just treat the leaves on the inside of the cigar, the filler leaves, uh, you don't get that, that right. sweetness on them. Right. Well, I think uh, we've just about covered it. Let me close that topic out by saying, hey, it's your money. Smoke whatever you want. You yep. know, if you enjoy support acids, your local shop and support right. It. If you if you enjoy a few cigars, by all means, go right ahead. I think you'll find in general, though, 
that if you are a cigar enthusiast, uh, premium cigar enthusiast, most enthusiasts will, will lean towards more of just pure leaf without flavor infusion um, now, I'll say as a also, general rule. I'll say also that uh, the number one uh, requested cigars at Emerson's when I was there was one that we didn't carry in the store, but we carried online, and they sold like hotcakes online, and anytime we had them in the store, they disappeared real fast. The women especially loved them as a Tatiana. Um, those things are hugely popular with women. Yep. All right, guys, I think it's going to wrap this episode up. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you maybe learned something. Please feel free. Comment, like, and share the video. Uh, if you have a favorite cigar, whether it's infused or not, if you have a cigar myth that we didn't address today, you have a question about cigar myths, feel free. Drop a comment, We and, and maybe uh, we'll read it on a future podcast. But as far as today goes, we're going to wrap it up. We hope you guys have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this show. And as always, smoke a cigar, be a man, carry a gun. Have a great week, everybody. God bless.